Welcome to episode 86 of Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Purcell. And I'm Timothy Plain. Each week we talk about different filmmaking topics and give you our point of view on them, not as experts, but just as two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. We're back to that, huh? Yeah, back to that. I like it better. <laughs> I kind of like it too, I know. I had to explore. I'm yeah, sorry. the other one just sounds like we're giving an essay or something. Um Anyways, this week we have a special guest on the show. His name is Ryan Thomas. Um, I'm sure a lot of the Bay Area people who listen know him. Um, he's a struggling uh, director of photography who made the leap from SF to LA and is struggling to get himself out there as a DP. Say hello, Ryan. Hey, what's going on? Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I made it. Yeah, we're doing it. Um so Ryan, just tell us about yourself, man. Like, uh, how did you get into filmmaking? How did you get get started in your career? And yeah, it's give us the you know brief once over. So, I mean, pretty much, I started making movies in like elementary school. You know, I was like, I had uh, some wrestling figures and made uh, <laughs> short wrestling videos with uh, my mom's VHS camera. Uh, I had no idea how to put sound in any of these. There's no editing. So I just played a boom box nearby. You know, it's pretty great. <laughs> Getting back to my roots here. Um, and uh, my dad is actually a photographer as well. Um, and he he like had a commercial photography studio for a while and he studied under Ansel Adams for a little bit. And so like, he was, oh, wow. you know, he's kind of the, was like, Oh, maybe I should do something with that. And, um, you know, and then in high school I made a lot of like skate videos, things like that. And, you know, it eventually just turned into making short films and kind of went from there. Um, I, you know, I really had no idea what I wanted to do other than, Oh, well, that was kind of fun. So, Decided to go to film school, and I went to like a. Uh, it was a year-long program in San Francisco, uh, the San Francisco School of Digital Filmmaking. Um, it was it was a pretty interesting program. You know, it's it was like a year long. You make five short films, um, and then they produce a feature film that that you work on as like a grip or an AC or you know, kind of different positions like that, and and then they hire uh, they hire professionals to kind of make sure you're not uh you're not blowing it so and it kind of you know guide you along the way um yeah so that was cool and i i worked on it for like let's see i worked on it for a couple weeks as as a grip and then a few weeks as a camera assistant and just to interrupt what happened to that movie um did that go anywhere or did they get ever released or it did get released it's called moonlight sonata uh it you know, I feel like I heard that it played at like the Honolulu International Film Festival, <laughs> and uh, that was kind nice. of the last I heard of it. Don't you think film festivals sound so much bigger when they add international? To international, it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. A lot of those movies, I feel like you know, making money off of it is uh, is almost just a bonus. You know, because right, right, they've already made back the money from the students' tuitions, hopefully. Um, so, but, so anyways, a- after that, I mean, I just kind of went on Craigslist and found work as a PA and, um, I got on one job. It was some, you know, low budget movie. I was working as a PA for free 
and they're like, oh, well, you've done lighting before, so, you know, we can, uh, we'll have you jump in with those guys. And, uh, I don't know, the, the gaffer really liked me, and I guess I knew more than he expected me to know, and so, so, you know, I, I just, like, started working with him and kind of met some more people who, um, I don't know, I'm sure you guys know, uh, maybe know Jamie Metzger. He was another guy that I had met pretty early on, and, and he just, you know, he got me a, a lot of free work that uh, introduced me to a lot of the people that ended up getting me a lot of the, the paid jobs later. Now, how many years ago was it that you were searching for jobs on Craigslist? That was 2007, nine, ten years ago. It's been ten years, yeah. okay. Yeah, just yeah. trying to get it like I feel. So, so that's interesting. So, because you got out of high school and then you went to a one-year film program, you didn't do like a yeah. four-year program or, or mm-hmm. anything. It was uh, it was definitely pretty different, I would say, than uh, you know all of my other friends' you know experiences with college and stuff. Because because a lot of the people that went to the school that I went to were, you know, they're trying to like change their careers. They're all like you know thirty, forty, or something like that, and right. um, and so. Uh, you know, it's like I was like 19 and like already was starting to work. And, uh, you know, by the time everybody was, that I knew was getting out of school, I was like, oh, I've been like working for three or four years almost, you know. It's, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that was really it. You know, I just, I worked for free a lot. And, you know, eventually, you know, people were like, oh, well. Ryan keeps coming out for free. We should probably get him, you know, a job where he makes $150 or something. And, uh, you know, just kind of snowballed from there. So Nice. Mm-hmm. And then what kind of work did you find yourself getting? Was it like just grip and electric work or were you doing any camera so, stuff? Or I did AC work for about two years and then, um, let's see. And then eventually I, I got on... Um, the, that show Trauma that was in the Bay Area. Right. Um, I got on that as a camera PA. Nice. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, but I just, like, working on that, talking to everybody, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, oh, that's funny. I, I saw I saw the the creativity that, that was there in the lighting department. Um, you know, in terms of what the gaffer's job actually was, uh, whereas, you know, it's like, okay, it's going to take me three or four years to start working as a first AC. And, and once I get there, I'm just going to start learning how to pull focus, um, <laughs> right, right. you know, which is just like, that's so far away from, from what I'm really interested in. Um, which is what, what, what were you interested in? Which is cinematography overall, you know, and, and I just felt like, you know, pulling focus and kind of managing all the camera stuff didn't really play into that as much as... Man, you wanted to paint with yeah, light. Yeah, man, I just wanted to be like an artist. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, the, the gaffer too, you know, it's just like I saw how much control they had, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of the final image and, and in a creative cinematic way. And I was like, okay, I, that's... That's kind of you know what what I'm looking for. So I just, I still remember the day where I was like, okay, I am uh, not going to work as an AC anymore. And I started telling all my friends that I was you know just going to do lighting. So wow, that's interesting. Yeah, because I I worked on trauma also, but not as a camera PA, but as like a regular PA. And mm-hmm. for me, that was like the beginning of discovering that I didn't want to be because um, <laughs> I thought I wanted to be an AD. And then like learning from that show, and then working on some other shows. That that's absolutely not what I wanted to do at all. <laughs> sure. Like, well, here I I I guess I have a question. Is like, yeah. 
um, when, while you're doing all this, this grip and electric work and you're, you're like rising the ra- in the ranks pretty quickly. And like, you're, you're getting on set after set. Like when, like, did you ever think about like just trying to like DP your own movie while doing this? Or were you just like trying to focus on like getting the work and, and staying on that sort of thing? Well, I mean, I, I was actually always kind of, uh, shooting projects on the side. You know, I, I always had, uh, you know, some directors that I would work with who, you know, they'd, they'd come up with a short film every, you know, six months or something like that. And so, you know, I, I would, I would definitely be shooting, but at the same time, it was just, as I was working on bigger and bigger jobs, I was just like, oh, you know, I, it's, it's nice to be able to apply the experience that I've, been gaining through work to my personal shooting projects but at the same time it's just like there is so much more for me to learn before I could uh you know really make make the leap and and uh I don't know you know because I would say there's a lot of DPs that that I, I remember working with where I was like oh man like the you know the gaffer who I really respect knows way more than than this DP and and uh, and you know I just I wanted to when I finally got there I wanted to be somebody that that everybody respected and uh, right. you know trusted you know instead of you know all all the guys behind behind their back saying oh this guy's a dummy you know <laughs> so because <laughs> I'm funny. I've seen that happen very many times, you know, so I'm just, uh, I was trying to avoid that. Right. You wanted to come in with like, uh, you know, a lot of experience and like a lot of technical know-how and, you know, like you weren't just some green DP who got an opportunity for some reason and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much so. Yeah. I guess I don't really worry about that (laughs) (laughs) because I kind of feel like whenever I get to direct my first thing that that's going to be the case no matter what, you know, and like Mm -hmm. people are either going to get behind me or not. And, uh, you know, I think it's all about your confidence level in, 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 and, and like how you treat people, you know, like I think that combat, that combination, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say like, you, you can't just like pretend you know when you don't know yes. i think that's part of like the treating people thing is like if you pretend that you know and then you really don't people are gonna be like oh my god what a what a <laughs> so I, my whole philosophy is like just admit that you don't know yeah. right you're like i'm sorry i just i don't i don't understand what you're what you mean when you say you're gonna put a 50 millimeter lens on the camera <laughs> let's just see what it looks well, hopefully, like hopefully Ryan, hopefully know. you'd know at least that much <laughs> now i do but i would say that when i was starting out and and talking about like focal lengths i want to i didn't know anything yeah i mean i i feel like as a director it's just like there's so much stuff there where you just have to do it yourself so i i do feel like it's slightly different you know whereas as a dp it's like there's so much technical stuff that's going on and and also just like Mm -hmm. crazy logistical things that have to happen where if you don't really understand it it's going to be a big hurdle for you later you know yeah, but you got your AC, and you got your second AC, and you got your DIT, and you got your gaffer. You, know, you have all these people, people you can it's depend easy. on, yeah. you know. But I guess, well, the thing is, though, is even though you have those people, you're not always going to have them, you know. So that, you, can't always, you can't always afford them. And so, right. you know, I'm, I've... Uh, it, it's mostly, it, honestly, it's mostly those free projects where it's like, oh, you know, I, it's just me, and uh, luckily I know how to do everybody's job, and uh, I can kind of piece this together. But um, 
you know, that, that, that's where it really helps is, you know, where you're kind of limited on crew. Right. Right. Okay. So like you're rising up in the ranks of, uh, you know, the world of GE, um, like just talk to us about like, okay, what part, like what point did you get to, you know, in the Bay area? Like what, like what level did you like kind of achieve? Like what, like, position were you getting hired for and then why did you decide to move to LA um so I started working as a you know it got to a point where I was working quite a bit more as a gaffer um and then also started getting on union jobs in the bay area um just as an electrician um and it the, the gaffer jobs that I was getting, it was just like a lot of stuff, you know, that, that's in the Bay Area where it was like me and another guy and, you know, we had a small truck and that was kind of it. Um, and then the union jobs, it's just like, it's such a small community that it, it didn't really matter how much I knew, you know, the guys were just like, oh, well, we've never seen him before, so he probably doesn't know anything. And, right. you know, and so it's just like, they, they just don't really trust me very much. Um and so anyways, I, that was the kind of work that I was getting. And, you know, I, I, I was trying to shoot more, but I just kind of noticed that it was, it was tough to kind of break out of the fact that everybody had worked with me as, a, as an electric or a gaffer already. And so I remember my, uh, my friend had recommended me for a job shooting, and they, like, looked in their system or something, and they're like, oh, well, you know, the last time he worked with us, he was a grip, so uh, we're, <laughs> we're going to hire somebody else. Uh, um, you know, and, yeah, and so it's, like, some stuff like that. And then also just the fact that I, I started talking to my friends about how many, how many DPs there are that are, you know, working full-time in the Bay Area, and it was like, you know, we could count them on one hand you know right and and so with that it was like okay like kind of got to change something here um but and so this is kind of where things changed a lot was i i got on a, a reality show um that started in san francisco and then eventually traveled down to la and when we we're in la you know like it was a pretty big show they're spending you know maybe a, a couple million dollars a week or every other week uh wow on each episode and we did one episode where, where they shut down like two or three blocks in uh, downtown LA for like a week or something. And, um, and then of, of course it was a non-union show. And so then the union shows up and they're like, Hey, like guys, <laughs> yeah. this is like a pretty big show. If you guys are interested in organizing, like let us know. And you know, I, Wait, they just said, "Are you if you're interested in organizing?" Yes. They didn't. They said, like, are, "Well, they all said they said, are you interested?" And uh, you know, they what they do is they hand out all these little white cards that say that you're kind of like signing away their you're you're allowing them to negotiate on your behalf. And so they try and get fifty percent of the crew or more to basically say that yes, we want to join the you know we want to make this a union show. Did they target it because of, because of how much money they were spending? Yeah, because of how much money they were spending. Yeah, um, we kind of we talked about this in our union episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so what happened was um, at that point, you know, we were all super into it, and um, <laughs> yeah, so, and so they were like, okay, well, you know, we're gonna start talking to production. We'll see what we can do, and uh, production just was like absolutely not. Like there's they were no pissed, way right? they, they, I don't, I don't, yeah, they were pissed. They were pissed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, 
and so they actually like the union was like okay on, on this day we're gonna stop working and you know either you guys sign a contract or you don't but all these people are, are not going to work on work on the show anymore and uh we're gonna we're gonna set up a picket line and uh producers tried to call their bluff and they actually they called us in and they were like hey guys just want to let you know like we talked to them and like there's no way we can make a deal it's just it's not going to happen it's, it's too much money and um you know then the next day we set up a picket line which was very very strange i'd never seen anything like it before <laughs> um and you know we're all picketing for like eight hours trying to basically shut down their production and wow. um and after eight hours they were like okay like you know we heard on the walkie talkies like because we had one and they're like hey does does anybody know how to turn on a generator or like run cable <laughs> they started giving uh all the pas they started giving the pas cameras because none of the camera operators showed up oh, and wow. uh so it was roughly half the crew picketing and then the other half was still like on set i would say like 80 85 percent of the crew was picketing oh wow. Oh, wow so they still tried to keep keep it going with the 15 percent of the people they had left yeah and they started trying to hire you know people to to come in and and uh you know and 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 cross the picket line and work for us <laughs> that yeah. a lot of people just they they showed up they saw what was going on they're like oh see you guys later no no, no thanks <laughs> not gonna be a scab this yeah. is in la too right yeah yeah so it's a very different environment big, very big deal to cross yeah, the picket line over yeah. there yeah you don't want to do that and, you know think i'm coming from san francisco we're, we're doing these small jobs out of you know out of a little truck i'm just like this is very weird but okay <laughs> <laughs> and so they they ended up signing a contract though, and it was very crazy. We got we all got like like a forty percent raise, uh, and then wow. we got you know pension, healthcare, retirement plan, all that. And so it was you know immediately I was like, wow, okay, this this works. You know, this is uh, the only way that because you know in the Bay Area too, I've been you know shortchanged quite often with with things but anyways it was like oh okay like this is the only way that i've ever seen where you know people follow all the rules so uh, you know this this seems like something i want to uh, continue with and so because that show turned union i i got i ended up i got most of my days and got the rest of them somewhere else because what's the how do you get in the union so it's what needs to happen it's different for each position but um, for an electrician, you have to basically organize a show like that, and then you have to work on it for 30 days, basically. Oh, um, wow. it's, it's just very difficult to get on a show that is going to turn union, though, in the first place. So, right. And then also, not only that, once you get on it, then working on it for 30 days um, is pretty mm -hmm. difficult. So how many of your 30 days did you get on that show? I got like 26 or something. So oh, wow. I was pretty close, but... And then how do you get those last four? So then I, I actually, I, I kind of like started moving briefly down. Like I would go back and forth a lot. I started staying at a friend's house and I was just trying to, you know, reach out to anybody I knew who might be able to, to get me on something. And uh, eventually... Would you say like, I'm four days away from getting in the union. Can you help me out? Yeah, pretty much so. And um, then one of my friends who was working on the show, he got he got a low budget movie that was apparently, you know, kind of planned to, f you know, they were all thinking that it was going to flip. And, um, 
so I went down there and worked on that. And uh, on, on that one, like the union came out and production was just like, okay, where do we sign? I'm like, let's get this over <laughs> with. We all, we all know that this is going to happen. So Right, right. You know. but I want to talk about that, that whole flip from the production side of things. Because like when you're managing a budget and mm-hmm. you plan to pay crew certain rates, and then all of a sudden the crew unionizes and everything well, gets like double the rates. Like, how do you afford that as a producer? Because you know that it's going to happen. I think. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think that that most producers they they're like, okay, you know, we think that we can do this movie non-union, but it's probably going to, you know, there's we're probably going to get some trouble from the union, and so we're just going to set aside this money if. Mm-hmm. If if it doesn't flip, then we'll have some more you know some more cash for post or something. But um, <laughs> but if not, that is just what it is. You know, but how big does a movie have to be? It probably has to be a lot, at least a two million dollar movie in order for that to happen, right? Or a million? Or it really depends. I mean, you know, my my girlfriend actually she worked on on a movie that was like three hundred thousand um, dollars, but. But the DP was ASC. Um, it was like an all union crew already, and um, and that one flipped no problem. You know, I, they they do wow. say that for the most part, they want it to be above a million dollars. But but the thing is, is like even though, you know, my situation is kind of rare where they raise rates that much on, on low budget movies. They just they don't even touch the rates. They they say all you have to do is just pay. I think it's like seventy bucks a, uh, per person per day for the health insurance and uh, mm-hmm. and other things like that. And then that's kind of it. You know, there's still people getting paid ten dollars, eleven dollars an hour, or something like that. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's still really tough on a on a low <laughs> low, oh, budget low budget movies budget. Oh yeah. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's better than forty percent. Like I don't. I mean, I can oh, imagine yeah. a forty <laughs> net as an independent producer. Yeah. Just go like it would, wouldn't happen. You know. Be like, well, there goes my shoot. Yeah, my movie is dead. Thanks a lot, Union. I hate you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, that was, since that was, you know, TNT and, you know, it's like Ron Howard and some other people were executive producers, right. you know, I, they, they knew what they were dealing with and, and uh, acted appropriately. You know, I think that was, most that was times. the reality show or was that the, uh, the reality show? Uh, okay. Right. Well, in that case, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't. I don't feel so bad for them anymore. Yeah. No. the the other The other show is just like they just didn't change. They didn't change anything. And and actually, the the funny thing is, is, a lot of the working conditions for the union contract, as you go into the low budget agreement, are actually worse than non union. <laughs> <laughs> so, go go That's figure. Funny. You know, I don't even. Yeah, know. I feel like t- typically in the non union world, people treat each other very fairly, and yeah. they, they tend to follow union rules, the standard union rules. Yeah, usually. 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 I, once you get to a certain budget, you know, I mean, I'd say that, you know, actually everything I've done with, with, uh, with Good B has been, you know, yeah. very normal, you know. But, yeah, um, I think we're pretty yeah conscious of that. Yeah. Well, so anyways, so once I got into Union in LA, I was like, okay, I should, you know, probably try and make something of this. How many years ago is this now? Uh, four years. Oh, so four, four years, years ago. Wow, geez. You yeah. were on the picket line. I was on the picket line. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so and then so and then you moved to LA like soon after that. I was going to move like like a month later, and then like I met my girlfriend now, and so I was like, oh, uh oh, like I'd been trying to <laughs> go out with her for a long time. Eventually, like I after we dated for six months, I convinced her to move to LA with me. Actually, nice. Yeah, and so so it took me about once I got in, it took me about a year before I actually moved. But so. but just a little background on your girlfriend. She's also in production, and yeah. you know mm-hmm. she she works in the art department and stuff. So the move to LA for her is like a natural thing, anyways, right? It made a lot of sense. I just had to convince her that it made a lot of sense. Uh, that was That's a, funny. That was slightly nerve-wracking because it was like, man, if, if she doesn't get work, like, it's all my fault, you know? Right, right. <laughs> right. She's miserable down there. Yeah, like, like, oh, Why'd no. you make me move? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a relationship killer right there. Oh, yeah. It was a risky move, but it paid off, she, you know, because she actually got into the union now as well, and she's she's been working on, you know, TV shows and things like that. And nice. You know, gotten pretty far in a couple of years, but so that's awesome. You know, basically, I moved to LA, and then, um, and you know, like pretty pretty much right away, I started getting, you know, immediately I was like, okay, I made I made the right decision because I uh, I put myself to have like an av- availability list. Um, the union does. Yeah, so I just said, you know, hey, I'm available for anything. Um, and then, um, I got on this show, uh, called Agent Carter. It's an oh, ABC yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. Marvel show, right? Yeah. Marvel show. And big time to me, that's like, time. you made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, you know, the first day I worked on it, we were at Warner brothers, uh, on the back lot. And, you know, just like immediately I was like, oh wow. Like I barely tried and I got this job. Like this is great. This is a breeze. This whole LA thing. People <laughs> told me about this. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you know, of course I've, I've skipped the, the years that, uh, people spent putting in their dues to get into the union in the first place. But right. It yeah. seemed like you got lucky and you, I, I got lucky. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I, I worked with those guys and, um, and they all really, really liked me. Um, and I ended what up, what was your position on the I, crew? I was an electrician on that. Um, and so, you know, I ended up working on it maybe like three or four days a week. It's kind of like their usual day player. Nice. Um, yeah. And then, and then actually, you know, I, I worked with those same guys pretty much, uh, up until I s- stopped working as an electrician. Um, and, and you know, kind of along the way, I, I you know got to work on a lot of different you know most mostly did TV. I did you know a couple movies here and there, but you know it was, it was just it was great because it was like uh, all the people that I'd worked with were like you know they were you know either ASCDPs or mm-hmm. you know like I I worked on this movie uh, uh, with this guy Colin Campbell who he was like. He was the gaffer on Grease, uh, on all the Home Alone movies. Wow. Uh, you know, like, he he had done so much in his career. And, and yeah. he, he, he was very old, as, as you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he, you know, it's like, okay, like, I'm absolutely, like, learning from the best here, you know. And, and, and this yeah. is, that was really why I, I went to L.A. in the first place. Because I was like, you know, I, I know how to shoot low-budget stuff. I've got that really handled, 
you know, from working in San Francisco for a while. But, uh, but I was just so curious to find out, like, what do you do when you have all the money in the world and, you know, you can do whatever you want, you know, and so. And what's the answer? <laughs> a lot of big lights. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> you That's know, it's, funny. Especially on Agent Carter, it's just like, you know, there are a lot of days where we would, you know, we would have 12 electricians and it would be like, okay, we have to, you know, get like five 18Ks over here immediately. And, wow. uh, you know, and so it, it was definitely a, a really good experience kind of going through that. And, and, and the other thing too was just the, you know, again, kind of learning the politics of all of it. Um, seeing what the best boy and the gaffer and, and even the DP had to deal with um, on a day-to-day basis and, and kind of like what they had to do to get what they needed, um, mm. I think was, you know, that was definitely a, a good learning experience for me. So, I have a quick question. Like on yeah. the big budget stuff that you worked on, do you know how many pages a day you were getting through, like on a- Agent Carter or something? Yeah, so, you know, I... It, changes from either from TVs to movies um, on, on Agent Carter and um, on all the other TV shows I worked on it's pretty common to shoot somewhere between eight to ten pages a day nice um, yeah so you know as soon as you have three cameras and, and you're doing kind of this you know kind of simple coverage you know you, you can really just knock things out you know right right because um, you know like I, I also I worked the show I, I worked on most recently was called uh, Rizzoli and Isles. It's like mm. a female cop drama, you know, mm. and, on TNT. Um, and on that show, is just like, they had been doing it for seven seasons. And, you know, there were a lot of times where it's just like, we would get, we would get a wide, we'd get, you know, as we got, uh, as we got one of the overs, we only shot two cameras with that. And then, you know, we would go, we'd do it again and they'd do a tighter two and then another tighter over and then they'd bring both cameras to the other side and turn around and do the last over with a, a wide and tight. And then like, that was it. So it was like, wow. you know, pretty, pretty much like two or three setups and we'd, and we'd knock out like a three page scene. Wow. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Whereas the movies, like I, I just worked on, um, this, Johnny Depp movie that's coming out and um it's very slow going, you know, like two pages a day, maybe. Yeah. Why yeah. do you think there's such a difference between those two production styles? I <laughs> I I wish I could tell you, but I, I feel like movies just have that luxury. You know? Somehow. They, somehow. Yeah. They just I guess, you know, mostly just that they budget for that. Um and that the that production isn't saying you have to shoot X amount of pages, you know, they're just like, Oh, get done what you can. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. Are they using less cameras? No, actually, you know, we shot, we had two, two or three cameras on that, on that show. And it was, you know, it was the same kind of deal, but yeah. I wonder if it has to do with volume, like a movie, you're just trying to get two hours, but with a TV show, you have like a whole season. Yes. So you, you need like absolutely. 20 hours of stuff. Well, so right? yeah, we would shoot, we'd shoot an hour long episode in seven and a half days. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's basically making a feature and, and, you know, seven days, eight days. <laughs> right? right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense to spread things out a little bit more and try and focus a little bit on 
on, <laughs> you know, on performances and coverage and all that. Um, yeah. I, the other thing too is just the shooting styles. You know, I mean, it, it just doesn't always work that you can shoot something for a TV. You know, like a TV show. Well, you don't really want to shoot a movie like a TV show anyways, right? Like you want to, it to be a movie. Like I remember the, one of the first movies I worked on, the, the DP was like, like, I feel like we're just making a soap opera here. Like we're just doing <laughs> the same coverage for every scene. It's yeah. like wide, yes, uh, yes, you know, exactly. like medium, medium, tight, tight. Like what the fuck? Like let's do something different, you know? Yeah. And the director was like, no, like this is the way. And like the, you know, whatever. <laughs> but like, yeah, I've always been conscious of that ever since. Like I, you're trying to like tell a story visually and you don't want to just like, like, coverage just seems like like the danger like you don't want to just get coverage you want to like yeah. be getting shots that are you know telling something. your story in yeah. a you know specific way i don't know well don't you feel like most tv shows rely more on dialogue than movies do i feel like movies a lot of movies tend to rely more on visuals and then tv re- relies on dialogue i could i could definitely agree with that so before we jump to the there's because like i think the switch from you know the electrician union to the deep the camera union that's really interesting but like i just have some more questions about the sure. whole la move Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you moved to LA, like, I, I'm like, I'm curious, like what you th- were expecting was going to happen when you moved to LA and then what actually ended up happening when you moved to LA? You know, it was pretty spot on with what I thought would happen. I just didn't think it would happen so quickly. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I thought that I, I might've, I, that I was going to start doing more, more commercials just because that was what I was so used to in the Bay area. And, and that was kind of what I thought that I liked. Um, but you know, then I, I, I started working on TV cause that's just like, there's so much TV in LA. Um, and once I started working on it, I, you know, what, what I was afraid of was just the fact that it's such a long run and I, you know, have heard, you know, the kind of hours that, that they're working. And so I was a little bit nervous about that. Um, but you know, as I got on the shows and started working on it and, and, and realized that just that, uh, you know, while we did work long hours, it, you know, we had the appropriate manpower and, um, you know, we were, it it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, every day wasn't a terrible day, you know, they were all, (laughs) they were all pretty easy, you know? And so Uh like I, I worked on, um, on Veep, um, and on that show, we would do like seventy-four hour work weeks or something like that. It wow. was <laughs> terrible. Jeez. But yeah. at the same time, like that was the best show to do long hours on because because uh, we didn't do anything. <laughs> like <laughs> I I would just bring my laptop every day and uh, kind of you know get whatever done that I wanted to get done and and that was kind of uh, that's kind of it. So. Why? Because everything was a set. Because everything was set, we barely, you know, we would we kind of like we would illuminate the set, you know, we would kind of give them enough uh-huh. exposure so they could cameras could look every single direction, <laughs> and then they would just improv, you know, um, wow. like the scripts for that show were like sixty pages or something, and then they'd somehow cut it down to a half hour comedy. So <laughs> I'm, I don't, I don't even, I'm not even going to begin to understand that one. But, but so, you know, I started realizing that that was kind of the, the way forward. So I, you know, went went down there thinking it was going to be mostly commercial stuff, and you know, ended up yeah. just, just doing TV. That's so interesting. The, the 
the question that I keep thinking is like, what is your perception of San Francisco now that you've been in LA for a while? Like, do, you, do you look back now at us and be like, man, these guys really have no clue? Or is it like, you know, San Francisco is a good training ground, but if you want to step up to the big leagues, you got to move to LA, man. Well, What's your feeling? I mean, uh, I, I totally think that, that you could... Um, you could you could make a you know a pretty good life for yourself in in, in San Francisco. Um, you know, it kind of just depends on on what you want to do because, um, you know, I I would say as as a DP if if I were a little bit more established and like I wanted to have a family or something like that and you know didn't really didn't want to work as much, um, and and on jobs that are a little bit less stressful. <laughs> Um, absolutely, San Francisco would be great because you know it's like I could do smaller industrial things. I could get paid good money and uh, and still have a life outside of that. Um, but but I mean, at the same time, it's definitely it's such a different world. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it it it. Um, I mean, I would just say in in the in in the scale of of production for the most part. Um, and, and it's mostly just because of the infrastructure that's here, you know, having all the big studios and, and having all the equipment in the world available to you, uh, just <laughs> right. kind of, it makes, it makes things a little bit different, you know, whereas in San Francisco, there's a lot of times where we're like, oh, well, we would really like to get, you know, this piece of equipment. And every time it's like, oh, well, it it's only in LA. We would have to drive it up, and <laughs> and, and then as soon as that like conversation starts to happen, they're like, "Nope, no way." That's not nope, gonna nope. happen. Yeah, <laughs> right. Whereas, I mean, yeah. that's the other thing too. Is like, you know, uh, um, so I, you know, I do have a rental business as well, doing lighting rentals, um, and it's in in San Francisco actually. Um, and yep. so <laughs> how I get all my lights. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, so <laughs> the thing is in San Francisco, you know, it's like we can get pretty good rates for stuff. Whereas, you know, we, we did one job where we took all our gear down to LA and uh, basically for four weeks of a movie with all of our gear, we were paid less money than we would make in one day of rentals in the Bay area. Wow. Um, so, so I mean, that kind of gives you an idea of like what is available to you because people are just willing to give bigger discounts and you know do things right. for for cheaper. So it's different, you know. Yeah, yeah. different, different. That's yeah. like one of my fears of moving to LA. If I was ever to move, it's like the the day rates that I get here in the Bay Area are like really great. And I've heard that if I move to LA, I have to get paid a lot less because there's just a lot more people, you know. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know if and, that's actually true or not, but that's just what I've heard. <laughs> I mean, you know, on the non-union stuff, I think that there definitely is a. Uh, there, you know, there's definitely a lot of lower budget projects where they have a lot of equipment. Um, you know, right. so whereas in the Bay Area, it was like as soon as they had a, you know, a decent amount of gear, they were immediately paying full rates for everything. Right, um, right. And it was just because it's a smaller community, yeah, easier for people to to negotiate. So, hmm. yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Next question. Do you have a question, Timothy, or what are you? Well, where are we headed with the story? We're headed to where you jump over to to, to shooting, ca- yeah, camera unions. 
Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it a different union than like so? The, what union are you in when you're a grip or a gaffer? Are those different uh, unions or the same? Uh, grip is local eighty, so that's one union, and then electricians is another union, and that's seven twenty eight. Seven twenty eight. Nice. Yeah. Sounds awesome. <laughs> seven twenty eight. Um, and can you ha- to go from one union to the other? You have to get those thirty days. So the the camera that work? camera union is a little bit different. I I, I kind of snuck in the back door a little bit because there is <laughs> there's a little known thing where because I basically I I joined 600 as a digital utility, which is basically like the person who runs uh, uh, like cables for Video Village, right? Um, and so for that specific position, you don't need any days. There's no like, you know, barriers to entry. All all you have to do is just give them some money, pretty much. Oh, really? Not like a bribe, but Not like, like a bri- official, an, official an initiation. Okay. <laughs> you have to pay initiation fee to get into that. Um, and the only job you can do, given where you came from, is cabling. Well, so. I mean, technically, yes, but, um, you know, I have, I have a lot of friends who joined in that position and then they immediately went on to, to work, you know, like real shows as a second AC or a first AC, um, as you know, even, even though they got in as that position. So I, you know, Mm. in the end, I think that, I think that they don't really care as long as you're a member, you're paying your dues and everything. Right, and when right. did you know that you wanted to what that I, I guess you always knew you wanted to join the camera union but at what point did you say i'm ready so um i guess so it, it all you know i guess as i was working on all, on all these shows um i i kind of you know it's like okay i'm like making pretty good money so far like if you know and, and i was just a day player at that point so i was only working three days a week probably. Um, and I was like, you know, if I could get on a show full time for, you know, a good run, like, you know, six or seven months or something, um, you know, and I save all my money, uh, that I make on that show, I, you know, I think that I could take quite a bit of time off and, and just try and, uh, try and make it happen. Um, and so, and so that, that was pretty much what happened when I got on Rizzolian Isles, uh, that show started it was like january or february of 2016 and then Mm. we went until august this past august um and you know it's just like all the time every day i'm like bringing home food from uh from catering (laughs) like i i just tried to spend absolutely no money at all and um yeah. you know just tried to save as much as i could and and then once you know once the show was over i was just like okay like, like you know people started calling me for for work and and i just kept telling them uh you know i'm, I'm on another show right now uh, I'll, uh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not available and um and you know so i mean that was pretty much it once once i got off that show i tried to fully make the switch so you paid your initiation fee and then what do you do at that union? Then you put yourself on the availability list? No. So that's that's kind of the thing is um, with 600, it's very different. You can't just 
put yourself on a list and, and get a job. Especially, I'm trying to get a job as a VP. I'm, I'm, I, ne I even told them when I joined, I was like, you know, I, I never planned to work as a digital utility. Uh, I'm only doing this so I can, you know, network with people and, you know, kind of get out there. And they're like, okay, well, you don't care about paying the initiation fee. 150 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't care. <laughs> so, so anyways, um, I did, I did that. I mean, you know, as I got off that show, I'm just like, I tried to think of every possible avenue to get work. Um, and so, and, and I, I, you know, I knew that, that eventually, you know, I know that I'm not going to be shooting union projects like anytime soon, but I'm just like, you know, it, this will kind of push me in the right direction. And, and I, I also kind of, uh, I was involved with the kind of the union politics in 728. Um, like I, you know, I, I go to all the meetings and, and, um, try and, you know, keep up to date with what they're doing. Um, and so, and I, I had met a lot of, a lot of people who actually had gotten me work through doing that. Um, and so I was like, you know, I, I know a lot of the people who are in the, the camera local already. If, you know, if I join and I have that membership, um, you know, maybe, maybe it'll, it'll kind of put me in the same place as, you know, some, some really good DPs who, who might be like, yeah, okay, you can, uh, you know, you can come on as a C camera operator and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, or, or like, Hey, I have, uh, this guy keeps calling me with this really terrible non-union job. Would, would you want this? You know? And, right. and I'd be like, Oh yeah, sure. No problem. But, but you, but you weren't trying to AC at all. You weren't trying no, to do any kind of assistant not. camera work. No way. Okay. Definitely. No more focus pulling. No more focus pulling. I'm, so, <laughs> you know, so, so that was kind of the, the goal with that. It's, it's kind of a, you know, every, everybody I've talked to, they're like, well, I've never heard of anybody doing that before, but it, it's crazy enough to work, you know? Because everybody <laughs> just gets AC work, ACs for a few years, and then they eventually get a chance to shoot something. That's how it goes uh, normally? Well, mostly just that everybody who joins the union, they're like, they've been working as a DP for, you know, five or ten years. And I mean, the thing is, is joining joining as a DP to the union, it's, it's about $15,000. It's not cheap. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So wow. so it's you know so everybody who's looking to join they're like oh this is a really big decision I don't know if it's worth it you know whereas right. you know my initiation fee because I'm digital utility it's you know pennies compared to that and like six hundred bucks or something or <laughs> well so it's it's thirteen it's thirteen hundred dollars down and then you have to pay one hundred thirty a month for two years something like okay. that okay yeah that's it's not it's like signing up for bad. Comcast yeah so. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing too is like joining as a camera operator is, I think it's ten thousand for the initiation fee. But wow! But because I've you know all have paid like almost four or five thousand uh, by the time I'm done paying for the utility thing, and so if I bump up, it will you know it, it will only it'll be another five thousand as opposed to oh it rolls over as opposed to ten thousand all at once you know so. So, so all the dues that you pay, they they accumulate, and then you can use that as yeah to get into towards... a different position. Uh, okay, cool. So, so I mean, but but but, then, but can't you not work as a camera operator if you're in as a digital utility or? So, like I said, it's like 
they say that you can't, but you know, if it's a lower budget show, you know, which is the jobs that I'm I'm going to get if if anything at all, you know, like they they're not going to care, you know. They're mm. just going to be like, "Okay, you're paying dues. Great. Perfect." <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're in. <laughs> they're they're going to so. care a lot more <laughs> if you're not a member and you're working that job, so. So have you gotten any jobs in, in uh, as a camera operator yet? I have not yet. Um, I, I actually I have gotten a job as a camera operator as non-union though. But okay, um, cool. but you know, I mean, I I am not really. Uh, I'm like a member, but it's kind of weird because like I'm not like I'm not sworn in yet, and so like I can't go to the meetings and stuff where where I you know mm. where the networking that I'm thinking of would uh, would take place. So it's, you know, it's, it's a slow process, but I think, uh, I mean, the other thing too is, you know, I've, I've been reaching out to a lot of DPs that I know and, and, you know, just telling them that like, yes, I'm, I'm in 600, you know, I think really, uh, it, it helps to let them know that, that I, I am serious about it and that I am, you know, trying to, you know, kind of signifies the level that I'm trying to get to. So, right. Exactly. Yeah, that you're serious and that you're you're paving your way one way or another, and that you're like you're going after it, and you just you're really serious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Much so. So I have two questions. Yeah. One is what? How does the, how's a union going to feel about you doing non-union gigs? They love it. They're totally okay they with it. Why? Be- that makes no sense. Because, well, I you know you go back to the Great Escape, and it's just like when they come and try and organize the show, they figure out mm. first who is in the union, who's not, and then if if you're in the union already, they're like, okay, well, we can count on these people, you know, that they won't that they won't work, um, and right. then you know, and then they're like, okay, we only have to convince, you know, this pool of people to, to, you know, go on, to get on board with us. And so, I mean, it, it, um, it, it just basically gives them leverage, you know, and most of the time it's like, there's really only like two or three people that are like doing organizing in LA. So it's like, they don't go, (laughs) there's only so much that they can do. And they kind right. of realize that that there is not enough union work for for everybody, um, mm-hmm. and right. so so they're just like you know you guys can totally go do non union stuff, it's fine. Uh, it would be cool if you told us about it, but you know it, right. at the same time it's just like it's not like local sixteen up in the Bay Area. Like if if you if you're doing a, a non-union job and they call you to work like they get really upset and and it's just kind of weird so right so anyways so your your end goal is to be a director of photography right yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's where you're headed yeah i love the story that like you start 10 years ago you like you start at the bottom and kind of like you're working your way up slowly and you have like a long game it's not like you're just i'm just gonna build a dp reel and i'm gonna like start right at the top which is what i feel like auric and i are doing just like kind of fake it till we make it <laughs> well you know even yeah. even though it's been so long i am i am absolutely still faking it till i make it you know it's just like yeah there is uh there there's a lot there where where people are like oh have you you know done you know done this and you know then i 
go and shoot something similar and like, oh yeah, of course I've done that. Here's a <laughs> here's a shot. <laughs> Here, yeah, here's something I just did. You know, but like, why aren't you just focusing on shooting stuff if your if your real goal is director of photography? Is that the education part of it and like trying to soak in as much knowledge as you can from the different departments, like you said, like at the beginning, it's like you just want to be knowledgeable about this stuff. I mean, I guess the thing is too, is that I, I, uh, I it's because all that time I was also kind of shooting stuff on the side. And I I do think that that's Mm -hmm. really important, you know, because, because there's a lot of people who, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I want to shoot. And they're like, and then you ask them like, when, when was the last time you shot something? And they're like, uh, eh, oh gosh. And they start thinking about it and they're like, oh my God, it was two years ago. <laughs> you know? Right, right. right. So, you know, I, I think it, it, while it is important to, you know, kind of learn from these people who've been doing it for a long time at the same time, you know, you do kind of have to try and then implement that knowledge that you've gained, um, mm-hmm. and, and try and put it to use. But, it feels like we're we're kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Like you absolutely. and me in a lot of ways. Like instead of instead of me being um on the crew side of things though, I'm like an agency producer side and then mm-hmm. the things that I learn as an agency producer I apply to like kind of my outside projects. But my outside projects are not making enough money for me to quit my day job. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean I guess that's the other thing too is like I I think that I am I am really glad that I took the time to do it like this just because um <laughs> just because like you know the other day when I was like oh you know it's kind of been a while since I last worked and worked and you know it would it would be nice to have a little bit of money you know it's like okay I texted you know four or five people and and they're like oh great you're available you want to go to work tomorrow? You know, it was like, okay, but doing electric work though, oh, right? Doing electric work, you know, but it was, uh, but you know, being able to, to very quickly get a job that pays good money and, uh, and, you know, just for, for it to just be one day, you know, is, right. uh, I think that's pretty, pretty valuable. So. Here's another question: Do they mind that you're in multiple unions? Like, no. Does, does anyone care? No, they don't no, care. Don't care. That's they, cool. Yeah, as long as again, as long as you pay the dues, they're fine with it. <laughs> so, are you? So, you, while doing this whole union thing, you're also trying to shoot everything and anything you can too, right? Yeah. That's like the other I mean, half of it. Yeah, I would say that the, the the union side of it is, is is honestly a pretty small portion of it. Um, you know, just because again, it's like I know that I'm. I'm not going to be getting any union DP work any, anytime soon. It's, you know, honestly, it's just like a nice feather in my cap, if anything. Um, right. mm-hmm. But so, yeah, so pretty much what I've been doing is is really just like, yeah, shooting a lot of, you know, a lot of little web series, short films, uh, spec commercials, things like that. And... Um, and then outside of that, then just trying to, you know, network as much as possible. Um, I was talking to Ulrich earlier about this uh, Film Independent is like an organization in L.A. They have a lot of like, um, they have like a lot of uh, events for directors and producers and things like that. And um, and so, you know, just, just going to going to those events and, and any other thing similar to that that I can find. Um and, you know, just introducing myself to people, showing them my work and trying to, you know, get meetings with them and, uh, you know, basically 
just make more friends. So mm-hmm. nice. You know. What's the average age of like a professional DPs, like kind of at a high level that you've like worked mm-hmm. with? I, I would say forty-five, fifty, even older. Is that typical? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think that that's pretty typical. Um, you know, or, or younger than forty is pretty rare. And uh, what about the directors of these projects? They're also old white guys, man. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of old white oh, guys. A lot of old white guys. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's honestly what kept me from shooting earlier was I was just like, nobody is going to give me a chance because I'm 19, 20, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, at the same time, I, you know, I do have a friend who's, he's 23 and, uh, and you know, he, and he shoots a, a fair amount, you know? But, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while he kind of gets a little bit of a little bit of crap for being so young but um yeah. so you know it, it is right. possible but i was just like you know that was kind of one thing that kind of pushed me away from doing it earlier so hmm. so interesting wh- what's the ultimate goal like what are you like what's your end game as a dp like do you want to do like tv shows like films commercials like what is like the thing that you want to shoot for now i'm i'm really trying to get into uh commercials um you know, just for the most part, it just seems like, and it's like, you know, if, if I get a job, I feel like the budgets will be a little bit better. I'll have, you know, the, the rates will be better. Um, and, and not only that, but I do kind of like the idea of doing shorter jobs, you know, a two or three day job as opposed to, oh, yeah. you know, shooting for four months or something. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> Um, and, and also, I mean, it's just like, I kind of feel like, you know, if if I can, if I can deal with all the politics that that happen in commercials, uh, I think I will be just fine if I go anywhere else. Um, right, right. And, and, but at the same time, like after working on some TV shows, it, it does seem, you know, like, so on, um, on Rizzoli, we had, uh, alternating DPs, so, one DP would shoot one episode, and then the the next episode they would have another DP, and then they would switch off. Um, and you know, like doing that seems pretty pretty cool because it's like you get a week where you're shooting stuff, and then you get a week where you're prepping and probably you know not not working quite as long hours, but you're still employed for a while, and um, you know just kind of uh going on and off like that is is kind of interesting but but i feel like you know it's just like tv it, it's just it, it's uh it's not something i can just like get a job in tomorrow you know there's not very many non-union tv shows that are you know kind of like you <laughs> right. know that aren't like a reality show or something like that right um and so so that's why i'm like you know, commercials, commercials, branded content. That kind of seems like where I'm, where I'm headed for now. But I guess the the big thing for me is that it's so different working on these jobs as a DP versus as an electrician. Um, and so I'm just trying to really figure it out because, you know, like commercials, I actually, as an electrician, I like, I really don't like them. Uh, right. You know, mo- mostly because there's just, there's no, um, there's no there's no rigging crew, um, and so you have to, you know, as soon as you get there, you start from scratch. You 
you have to lay all the cable, you have to do all the heavy lifting. Whereas TV, right, right. you come in and it's it's ready to go, you know. Yeah, but, it's all pre-rigged, <laughs> pre-rigged, yeah. Cable, you pull off stuff. a couple lights and you're like, you know, you're shooting. But but so, anyways, you could see how you know working as an electrician versus working as a DP on these kind of shows could be very different. So I'm just kind yeah. of trying to figure that out. Um, my my question is so like for going after commercials, like what like what do you what is your like what do you think is gonna get you there like is it just doing spec after spec after spec or is it meeting the right person that's gonna you know hire you on the commercial or like what what do you think that you, the thing that you could do is that's in your control that's gonna allow you to get the work that you want um i I feel like just meeting the right person you know somebody that I get along with and uh that you know likes my work and uh and and has has stuff going on. Most importantly, of course. Um, right. But I don't know. I, I you know I, I I feel like just constantly working on my reel is is like a bit of a trap in a way. You know. Oh, really? Interesting. Just, just because it's like all these people that I meet are they've never seen any of my work before, and so right. for me to uh, constantly update it for people who have never seen it before. Uh, I, I feel like there's more valuable things I could be doing. Um, mm. So you don't think it's just like if you had that one amazing 30 second spec that you that you DP'd or 60 second spec commercial, like you don't think that's good, would make the difference? You think it's more about just meeting the right people and getting along and like you know proving that you can shoot something that's beautiful. Like at, that's like secondary to like the other stuff. I. I like as much as I hate to admit it, I, I feel like I feel like it's true. You know, just like huh. the I mean, I don't know, Timothy has any insight on this, but but I mean I just feel like the relationships are gonna be way more important than uh than than actually what I can produce, you know, especially if, if they're somebody who has their own production company and they're doing direct to client stuff, you know, it's like they're gonna be like, Oh well, I really like you. I, you know, we've done a couple like little freebie projects together and I liked how those turned out. Uh, you know, and then they offer me a, a real job. <sighs> I'll tell you how things work when we hire a union DP. Yeah. Is um, like the producer on the job on the production company side reaches out to the union or to the agents It's actually DP agents, which I hear are terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they get reels of people that are available for the shoot dates that we have. And then the director picks a person. Um, usually, I would say most of the time the director has worked with that DP in the past. And then that reel gets sent to the agency for final approval. And like myself and the creatives look at it and say, yay or nay, based off of the reel alone. We love that they have a relationship, but we're only looking at the reel on that side of things. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sure that that's how it will work at that, uh, at the higher level there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I guess, uh, you know, when it's a uh, producer, director kind of thing, you know, I feel like they're, I don't know, do you think that that would be true, that it, it would just be uh, like, oh, well, we like Ryan, we know that he's done good stuff, you know? On the non-union side, Yeah, non-union side. Yeah, non-union side, 
I mean, non-union side, so many of the non-union jobs we do in San Francisco, like a lot of times we're like, we don't have a choice. Yeah. We're just kind of like at the mercy of like whatever a budget can afford and like who's available. So um, you're probably right that it comes down more down to on the production company side of things, like who the director and the producer feel comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, there there will definitely, I I think it's mostly just like, uh, I mean, the thing is too, is just the fact that I, you know, again, I, I can't remember if if we talked about this while we were recording or not, but, um, uh, you know, a lot of the, the kind of low budget freebie stuff that I, that I am doing, it's just like, it's not really stuff that I really want to put on my reel just because. Oh it, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I can only pull so many favors. Uh, and you know, for the, you know, low budget freebie stuff, it's, it's um, you know, it gets tough to deliver a, a super high level of production for no money all the time, <laughs> and um, and so there's a lot of projects I do where I'm like, okay, like you know, I might not end up with something you know that's like amazing for my reel, but uh, I'm definitely gonna give them more than they uh, than than it looks like the budget is, and mm-hmm. um, and not only that, but um you know, I'll help develop my relationship with this director or producer, whoever. Mm -hmm. Do you like always try to get like one shot out of a project that you think is like, okay, this is real material or are you just (laughs) like, whatever, like it's just about the connections. Uh, I mean, I don't, uh, I feel like as soon as you start to do that, you start to go out, you start to shoot stuff that is not good for the movie. You know, right, right, right. right. I, I just, it's, you know, I, I did a web series a while ago and it was like, um, uh, it was all like really high key and, you know, it was just like a comedy kind of thing. And it's, you know, it was definitely nothing that I would, uh, <laughs> that I would put on my reel, but, you know, shooting episode after episode of it, I'm like, okay, like I, you know, I know that this like, isn't like super like real material or, or anything, but you know, I just have to keep on shooting it like this because it's you know it's right for the story and if, if i change it now it's going to be uh very very strange right so right and i'm sure you learned a lot about like just like you know shooting quickly or like you know working with other people and just cranking out that amount of content you know yeah. and however long you do i'm sure that that's a ex- experience worthwhile regardless if it makes you real or not you sure know? yeah yeah definitely and then if it did hit you know, like if it was one of those web series that got like a hundred thousand views per episode, then mm-hmm. suddenly, no matter what it looks like, um, <laughs> or how proud of it you are, uh-huh. suddenly now people are going to know you for that. And like, it's like, oh, well, you know, like that, that it's probably got a hundred thousand views because they like it. So it'll yeah. probably end up being a good thing, you uh-huh. know, in the end. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, sounds like your web series didn't get a hundred thousand hits per episode. <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet, Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, what is your advice for, like, let's say someone like like me or Timothy, who's a filmmaker, who's trying to make it happen, or, like, somebody who's just trying to be a DP, even if you want to be more specific? Like, mm-hmm. like, do you think, like, yeah, moving to L.A., like, that's the thing to do, and then, like, you know, all your problems will be solved, or is it, or, or what? What's your advice? Um, okay, I don't think that moving to L.A. will solve all your problems. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I don't know, I, I guess, like... As, you know, shooting so many short films and little projects, you know, over the years, you know, I, I think it has given me some amount of insight into, you know, what, what you guys are trying to do. 
And, um, and you know, I, I feel like the most recent episodes that you guys have done have been really interesting because, uh, you know, I, I feel like you really have to look at filmmaking like a business, you know, and, and that's what so many people forget to do. Um, you know, Ooh, thinking right. if they can make their budget back or, you know, basically if they're going to be able to make another one after this. Um, and, you know, and, and just like, I, I wish that, that uh, all the directors had the follow through of, of you, Ulrich, because it's like, <laughs> I, I can't count the number of projects where we finish and uh, they're like, uh, yeah, it's just going to. Yeah, I'm I'm working on submitting it to festival. Maybe I don't know, you know. And then they it just right, kind of right. peters off. <laughs> right. So well, you got to do something, right? Like I feel <sighs> if you make it, you have to push it out, regardless of you would you would think that. Yeah, you think that. I mean, like you hear a lot about projects that never even get finished, regardless yes. of yes, you know absolutely. even of not being submitted to film festivals or released or whatever. But I think but, you owe it to yourself and the people who help you in order to at least just to push it out there, finish it and push it out. It's like the least you could do. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, as, as a, as a DP though, um, you know, I, I feel like the, like, honestly, the most important thing is just to, is honestly just to keep your expenses low, you know, because <laughs> there are, you know, too many people that I know where they're, you know, either they wanted to shoot for a long time and then, um, you know, they're like, Oh, well, you know, and then and then they started making a little bit of money as an electrician or as an AC or something, and they you know they get a nicer apartment or they buy a car or something, and and then they're like, oh well, you know, before I was shooting little stuff, not making that much money, but a little bit, and uh, but now I can't afford my lifestyle, and uh, you know, and and then they just get trapped into you know becoming a camera assistant just because they have to pay the bills, so. Yeah, mm. or an electrician, or an electrician, or, or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a uh, you know I I honestly feel like you know that's that's like the, almost the most important thing because it it gives you the freedom to do whatever you want to do. So right, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because like I mean, really, like I think that's the same thing that we're facing, right, Timothy? Is like you know no one's coming after us trying to give us money to make a project, so it's yeah, sort of on sure. us to like make it happen ourselves and you know it's all it comes down to time really because like you know raising money like is very very difficult but i think given time you can pull it off you know and like maybe certain people like me like i have a certain like level of money that i'm able to raise and timothy you have probably a different certain level of money that you're able to raise you know so but like you could do it if you put your put the time to it right but like if you can't afford your rent (laughs) or your car payment or your whatever, then yeah, then how are you able to do that? So I, that that makes sense. That's really practical, simple yeah. advice. And I think some people will probably be like, "Well, what the fuck does that mean? That's not any advice. Like, that's on. not any advice on how to be a DP. Like that's stupid." But yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's not so stupid. I mean, just the fact that it gives you know, once you have that settled, then it's like, oh wow, I have all this time, you know, and now I'm free to do whatever I can dream up with that time to try and make, make stuff happen. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. One last thing. And I never talk about this on the podcast before, but like years ago I worked with Francis Ford Coppola on Uh his last feature film that he made. And, you know, he's really nice guy. And like, whenever anyone would ask him about filmmaking, he would just say, find your, your oil. Well, he's like, just find the way that you can 
like make money and you don't have to do anything with it and it'll just make money on its own. And then once you figure that out, whatever it is, then go out and make your movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talking about like finding his winery, you know, and like his winery business and that just operates and makes him money. And then he just does whatever he wants, you know, or at least that's how he made the last three movies he made or hmm. it was cause he just self-funded them, you know? But like the, the, I think to me, it's, I'm sort of pissed off about that advice because it's like, come on, Francis, like you used your name, like you, you already bought the winery like in the seventies after you had like become a director and like made Godfather or whatever. Like, dude, like, come on, man. Like, and, and like you became famous. So it's like in order for him to capitalize and find his oil well, not only did he have to direct one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> Uh, he had to become famous and then like 30 years later, he's able to capitalize on it. It's like, come on. So wait, your advice is like, make a great movie, get famous, buy a winery and then wait 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, I think the, the, the core of the idea is okay. Like, yeah. yeah, find a way to make money and then do your films. I mean, that's what my dad told me. He's like, you're not going to be able to whatever, get into Hollywood. So just find a way to make money and, you know, uh, make your movies and do your art. And like, you know. I don't know. That's not, well, I, I think a lot of filmmakers are trying to tap the oil well that is the studio, right? They're like, right. man, that's where the money is. That's what I'm going to tap. And that's what's going to pay for my career as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But when I hear you tell that story before you went on the big rant about like why Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> like, probably shouldn't be giving that <laughs> advice, I was thinking, like, you know, what is my oil well? And I think my oil well is... Um, is advertising and being an agency producer. It's like, and I think for a lot of filmmakers, (laughs) advertising is an oil well where you, you tap into that world to, to pay the bills and to like, um, man and have your life, like kind of just be taken care of on that level, just financially. And then outside of it, you pursue the things that you really want to pursue. I think very few of us are going to be able to tap into like a full time, paid filmmaking job i think it's really hard to, to do that yeah right. and so like my answer is right now the ad agency is my oil well mm-hmm. right so what's your oil well Ulrich? <laughs> i don't have one man um <laughs> my my uh you know i'm i'm able to scrape by with the freelance jobs i get <laughs> it sounds know? like and, the uh, corporate jobs that you do that sounds like yeah, an oil well I, I mean, I guess, but it's it's not like... It's like a trickling oil well. <laughs> right. But I think the point of the oil well is that you don't actually have to put any time into it. So, like, you know, you could uh, say good be, good be is your oil well, but, you're, but it's not really because you're just going to work every day. You think Francis's wine company just takes care of itself? Yeah, that, he has I mean, no, you like, have to in invest it? some amount of time in it. It's just right. how Well, much, he has people doing know? that for him, though. He's got, like, lots of people who work for him. Right. Even an oil well, you you after you build it, there's maintenance. You know, it doesn't just pump oil right. out and like you're well, done. Like you yeah, and that's still true. Have to I sell mean, it, and I did get to observe that like he would take meetings about his winery and his other businesses while we were shooting the movie. You know, so like I mean, it was true. Like it wasn't, it's not completely hands off, but uh, but I mean, yeah. the the theory is still the same. But I mean, I don't the know. Only I guess... real oil well is a trust fund. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's what we got to get. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I need. How does that happen? There's my trust. Um, Anything else you want to talk about, uh, Ryan? Any other last words, final thoughts? You know, I think that uh, I I feel like we've uh, we've covered a a pretty good amount. I think that's pretty much it. Nothing that you wanted to come on the podcast and just tell people. You're like, I got to tell the audience this. (laughs) 
I, the only thing I wanted to tell everybody is that I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sweet. I'm so glad you listened to it. Yeah, man. I I never I didn't know that you listened to it. Yeah. This is like so cool. Yeah. yeah, I knew from the beginning cuz like you you made a comment or you I don't know if you sent me a text or if you'd put it on Facebook or something, but like I knew pretty early on that you listened and watched the show or what liked the show and I was like, "Wow, that's awesome. Like Ryan's digging the show. That's so sweet." And he's in LA now too and he still likes it. Oh, that's great. He hasn't like become an evil LA person. Yeah. I, I I should I shouldn't say that. P- people in LA aren't evil. I just <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy. I used to when I was younger. Alec. I used to have this idea like L.A. people are like, oh no, like it's L.A. versus Northern California. I don't feel that way now, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, yeah, we got to dispel that right now. Yeah, I know we got to get rid of that 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 border. We're all you, working together, people. You know, we're, wait, all we're all on the same, on the same boat. I'll, I'll tell you uh, the funniest thing is that everybody I meet in L.A. I'm like they find out I'm from San Francisco, and they're like, oh, man, San Francisco, what a great place. I love all the guys there, really cool, you know, really cool crews. And then I go up to the Bay Area, and everybody's like, oh, the L.A. people are the worst. <laughs> 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 like, oh, wow, this is weird. That's funny. Yeah, yeah I, I just talked to – I don't think we talked about it on the, on the, when we were recording, but Ryan and I were talking before about L.A. crews, and I was just saying that, like, the one L.A. crew I worked with most recently was a couple years ago. They were just fantastic and wonderful. And mm-hmm. uh, I, like, went into that shoot thinking, oh, gosh, it's going to be difficult, and then they were just great. So <laughs> Here so, they yeah. are, the L.A. people, L.A. douchebags. No, like they no, own the world. No, yeah. no. They're great. <laughs> well, Ryan, I can't tell you how much I appreciate appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing the story yeah absolutely i feel like all this time that we've had this like we're 85 episodes <laughs> yeah. deep 86 now uh-huh. i feel like we haven't had this story at all and like i i'll be honest like i feel so out of my element talking to you because this is like so far removed from my experience mm-hmm. as a filmmaker sure, yeah. it sounds like much more up all rick's alley so like i learned a lot and it, it gave me like a huge appreciation for what it's like to be on the crew side yeah and so like it's it's really eye-opening cool so thank you so much absolutely yeah man yeah thanks so much where can people find you if they want to like tell you things like this um i have a website ryanthomasfilm.com mm-hmm. of course great start <laughs> instagram instagram oh instagram. that's a good one yeah, yeah. rd thomas instagram um mm-hmm. i have not really gotten on the twitter train yet but you know Maybe one day. Well, you're a picture guy. Oh, picture guy. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, email me. Sure. Ryan T at ryanthomasfilm.com. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So everyone visit the website and follow him on Instagram. Yeah. I love that. All right. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, check out our website, makingmoviesishard.com, where you'll find a link to Ryan's website and his Instagram account and uh, a link to anything else that we talked about in the show, including just the regular show notes. If you want to get in contact with us, you can send us an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook with the handle at MMIH podcast. And please, if you like the show, tell a friend, help us get the word out. We've got some more reviews on iTunes, which I'm excited to share in the next episode. So thank you everyone for chipping in and, and leaving those. We just love them. They're the best. And thanks, Ulrich. Thanks, Ryan. No problem. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was really fun. fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Talk to everyone next week.